What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Full Court Press. Today, we are joined by Alex Toledo, first-time visitor, Greg Sylvander, Mr. Hope Trafficking himself, and, of course, Ariel Atias and myself, Daniel Cartagena. No Marco Romo today. He got called into work, but he'll be back very, very shortly. Uh, we'll have this is a work. But we got some heat to talk about. We haven't talked about heat in a little bit. I think it's been two weeks. And there's been a ton of noise on Twitter. Uh, I guess Heat Twitter is just coming up with stuff to talk about now that it's the offseason. But there's a lot. I mean, you got Damian Lillard potentially requesting a trade. You got some noise with Brandon Ingram, maybe some noise with Colin Sexton. Uh, any other names that I'm missing? Or are those kind of like the, the main three that have come up recently? In trades, at least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's avenues for a million different guys, but I think that's probably it. I think the Kawhi pipe dream also made the news cycle with Stephen A. Smith's comments. So, like, that's probably out there to some capacity, but you kind of nailed it. Those are That's the list for now. Yeah, if only Kawhi could actually come true. Uh, but how are we doing tonight, fellas, before we get into this this heat stuff? How are we doing? Good, good, chilling. Good. Yep. Great, man. Like Happy to said. be here. Like you said, it's been a it's been a heck of a news cycle the last few days as it pertains to the Heat and what they might be doing this off season. So, let's get into it. I'm at peace within the noise, just knowing that they're active. Yeah, that's that's one of the takeaways that I've had too. Like knowing, hearing these rumors and hearing that they're interested in every single player in the NBA makes me feel a little bit better. Um, Lonzo Ball, we'll we'll maybe touch on Lonzo Ball later. Dame is actually where I want to start because. I mean, Greg, Alex, you guys released the podcast talking about the, the Dame situation and whether you try to give up everything you can or you if you have to give up Bam, do you give up Bam? So the pros with Dame, obviously, great basketball player. He's incredible. He's an offensive superstar. 
but does does Dame and Jimmy is that sort of avenue to team building allocating 75 million to them next season is that something that you think between those two alone can create the heat into a championship contender I think so I do but it is like a question I think it's a good question because like if you don't fill out the rest of the roster in limited weight I know that there's going to be some money freed up if you were to do that if if they were to put all cards in the table other than Jimmy there will be some freed up avenues for them to kind of fill up the roster, but you really got to like nail those guys, right? You got to get the help that you need to surround those two. Cause I do think between Dame and Jimmy, those are two guys who bring it every year and bring it in the playoffs every year, other than this year for, for Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, he was completely gassed out, not even trying to make excuses for him, but I just believe in the, in the both of them as real playoff guys who step up their game as shot creators as fourth quarter players and just bring all the, the their best stuff comes out during the playoffs. So I believe it's a two that can win, but you know, I would just do everything in my power. And I know the heat will too, to, you know, keep bam off the table until the last second. I just, I, there's no way I believe that they want, that they want to trade bam already. And maybe Pat would do it, but I bet you they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that they don't get to that point. Yeah, I've kind of mentally moved on from the Dame stuff because I just I don't think Miami's going to be able to necessarily pull up enough draft picks. And if you're talking about the blue chip young player or whatever player is coming with that package, I just feel like Philly, New York, Boston, they all have these young ascending players that right now may look more attractive than Tyler Hero. A year ago, that wasn't the case. Damn it. But you never, you know, these circumstances present themselves and and you have what you have. So to me, like I've already moved on mentally from the Dame stuff and I'm looking at team building from the, from the perspective of, and I like that you guys named this episode, at least how I had initially saw it was like, what is the best Avenue? Like what, what is the best route to building out this roster? And um, as much as I'd love the Dame stuff, there's a lot of fun uh, marketability to that. And it would be highlight reels and all of that stuff. I love the idea of it. I don't think it's realistic. I may or may not have 2K on right now with Dame Leonard on the heat. Just, you know. <laughs> I'm sure how we how he look in that heat uni. How does he look in the uni? I mean, it looks incredible. He just, I got to say, after playing a couple quarters with Dame on the heat, it's a perfect fit. I, I, I say go all in. <laughs> I just I I'm I'm totally with Greg here in that like I don't think unless the Heat go nuclear you know they opt for the nuclear option and put Bam and Bio on the table you can't get in the game you just like there's no it doesn't matter if you get OKC to unprotect the pick it doesn't matter if you reacquire 23 first like the most you can do is is put three maybe four first round picks um, in any kind of trade for Dame Lillard. But I'll tell you that Portland front office doesn't care about a 2027 first round pick. First of all, Um, a lot of those guys jobs are on the line, right? So like that stuff doesn't hold a ton of value to them. They're looking, if they're blowing things up and trading Dame, they need blue chip prospects and they need immediate draft capital. Um, I just don't think there's a, there's a package that the heat have access to, you know, in order to get a guy like Dame, I think the only way they can do that is putting Bam out of bio on the table. I don't think they will. Um, whether they should is another discussion. I personally would do it. I've been attacked on Twitter for this, but I would do it, man. Like Damian Lillard is a top 10 player in the NBA. He has some of the most clutch moments, you know, in playoff settings in the last, I don't know, decade or so. And people love to bring up how he's never gotten to the finals. He's never done this. He's never done that. We need to stop with these narratives. They're nonsense. Narratives are narratives until they aren't anymore. The second best player on any of his teams has been CJ McCollum, right? And he's running up the game. 
the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry Warriors and teams, you know, teams like that. Like he's just not going to win in those settings. So uh, Jimmy Butler would be the best teammate he's ever had. Eric Spolster would be the best coach he's ever had. The Heat would have a lot of avenues to, you know, continue to fill out the roster this offseason if they put Bam on the table and got a deal done. Um, so I, I get all the future concerns and all of that stuff. I don't agree with it. I understand it, but I would do it if I were the Heat. I have a question. Man, so, you kind of just sold me right there because I've been on the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. But damn, that was a compelling case you're you just made. Not, you're so- that was sharp. That was a sharp answer. I, I love that. Dude, because my main thing is like the, the main argument against putting Bam on the table. And I think it's valid. I don't agree with it, but I think it's valid is that, you know, you're mortgaging the future and you're cashing in the chip and all of that. But it's like, why are we valuing the championship four years from now over the championship over the next couple of seasons? Now, the retort to that is always, well, you're not winning a championship with Dame and Jimmy. First of all, you don't know what the roster is going to look like. So you can't project that. It's impossible. Second of all, the Heat got to the finals last season with Bam and Jimmy as their two best players, all right? Damian and these Lillard, playoffs are an example, too, that anything can happen. Damian yeah. Lillard is a top 10 player in the NBA. He is that dude. He's that good. Um, you know, like, I get the whole, well, the Nets are so good on paper and you're not getting past them. Where are the Nets right now? Like, you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. You get the best players possible, you roll the dice. That's how it goes in the NBA. I have a question. So, what if... And I know that Bam would, like I said, it was just it would it would probably be the best chip available. But it's hard to imagine some of these teams putting out some of these guys, even though Dame is absolutely worth. But like, let's say the Celtics, right? Do you do we are we assuming they're gonna throw Jalen Brown onto the table? Because no. I know that's like an end all type of piece. Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge is Danny Ainge is not in charge anymore. They very well might. Like we, I mean, the, the Sixers are a different story. It just they just have to blow it up. I mean, I'm hoping they don't. I, I'm hoping they don't trade Simmons. I'm I'm ready for another year of this, but because uh, I just absolutely do not want to see Dame Lillard on the Celtics or the Sixers. And I've said that before. But like, let's say in, in, it's a scenario where these guys are not putting their best pieces onto the table. What happens then? Portland doesn't move him. He's got four yeah. years on his deal. Exactly. I don't think it's a sort of scenario where they mass out and then there's nothing Portland can do in order to keep him. I think he's too loyal where if they show that they're willing to give him what he wants, then he'll end up staying there at least for he'll give it one more go round and then they'll have to blow it up. But I don't think Portland's just going to sell him to sell him. Agreed. Like Harden made it as difficult on a franchise as one could make it. I don't think and and they they still got a good package. So I, I just think that ultimately they're not going to feel pressed in that circumstance. But like from Philadelphia's perspective, particularly, you you listen to Neil O'Shea, who's been uh, bombing every press conference <laughs> all like all summer. Like what? I mean, he hasn't had one good sentence, but you saw what he said today, right? Like one of the reasons why they they fired the head coach is defense. They didn't improve defensively, and he spouted out defensive numbers from the playoffs and from the regular season and how they never improved. I could see him selling his own vision. Like, you know what I mean? It's nice when you can pat yourself on the back and say that you're smart and saying like, this is a good defensive minded player. That's going to reshape the way we play on that end. And then if they get, you know, maxi and three or four picks and whatever else, like that starts to get where I think Miami's not going to be able to necessarily put a package unless they put Bam on the table. They they didn't want to put Simmons and all that down for Harden. And I know things have changed, you know, like it's kind of been enforced that maybe the Simmons thing is going to work out. Like the biggie track. But it's it's almost like it's happened every single time that Embiid and Simmons have been healthy with Tobias Harris, with Jimmy Butler, with Horford. You know, I know they weren't healthy last year. Simmons wasn't there, but 
it's just kind of like what happens every year. So I'm wondering if it's yep. just like, where is this actually going to go, right? Is this, is this just a lot of noise for now? Is this like them kind of pressuring the front office to make some sort of win now move that may or may not be available? Like, because it sounds like to me from what we're talking about here is the natural endpoint is the blue chip guy. And then not necessarily, you know, the Harden package, which was four picks, four pick swaps and something like that, where like Oladipo was kind of just the contract and it was more about everything else in the deal. So is that what you, where you guys are with this? I, I'm i kind of just like, I don't even, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah, go ahead, Greg. I, I'll just quickly say Portland can't, can't build a team via free agency so take that as you will it's either going to be through the draft or through trade so um it's going to be a combination of win now guys and draft capital i, I was good and negotiate with okc in new orleans get unlock some of those picks send the picks to portland send ingram to portland and then throw some heat stuff over there i could just boom that's not out of the realm of possibility I, mean, yeah. I think new orleans has like 11 movable first round picks right now like listen have, all this stuff we're talking about it's likely going to be three and 14 deals like yeah, it's going saying, to be yeah. wild like that because they're yeah. going to have to get creative that's how you're going to maximize every team's ability to like use their assets to their advantage and get involved and get in play so i, I think it's going to be crazy stuff like that Okay, so let me get to Christian Cardus's dono here. It said, does Blazers Twitter even exist, or is it a fabrication by Pat Riley's social media team to give Dame backlash as an excuse to leave Portland? Um, I think as of today, Blazers Twitter exists because I saw Neil O'Shea and their PR team getting absolutely flamed for that yes. press conference today. So <laughs> today is the day that Blazers Twitter might have been born. And listen, I'm cool with it. Deserving nah, backlash. They're, they're out there. They, they, they they've definitely, definitely bombed everything. But uh, Greg, to your point to start, Dame to Miami is very unlikely, so we won't keep or stay on that. But on the topic of this, this is one thing that Greg also touched on. Is it Do you go for the whale or do you go for team building? Because there are some avenues to make the team around Jimmy and Bam to make this team really good. One, you get Kyle Lowry. Two, maybe you trade for a young guy like Brandon Ingram or Colin Sexton. Uh, with Colin Sexton, it would probably be a little bit cheaper or a lot cheaper. So the, the cap constraints would be much, much easier in that sense. But do you think the Heat's best chance? Because you're not going to out-talent Brooklyn. You're most likely not going to out-talent the Lakers in terms of top-tier talent. Do you go for the team that is seven or eight deep, and those eight are all really, really good interchangeable players where you have chess pieces, kind of like the way that the Clippers are built right now? Do you go for that sort of thing? Or do you try to get that third star guy in the building to try to match what Brooklyn and all of them have? I think that's the decision that Miami needs to make this offseason. I yeah. would love to get your guys' opinion on this. It's the primary question. You framed it up perfectly. And um, it, it's interesting. I think that they're going to – so this is what I. This is how I would approach. First, you scan the league. Can you get a big-time guy that, that like, fits that whale category that transcends all this roster-building discussion? Like, he just transcends that stuff. You, you canvass the league. Like, you hear, like, these whispers that, like, Brooklyn would be open-minded to moving Kyrie. Like, I know Kyrie and Jimmy are homies. Like, so you check in. It's probably going to be BS and you move on. Ultimately, I think you land in a place where this idea of team building um, with a more balanced group is probably the way to go. I think that this year, more than ever, you're seeing that anything can happen. So like you add Lowry. And to me, this is the key to this offseason that I want to see them be super aggressive. I feel like there's no reason that they can give that would say that they should be looking down the line. So as aggressive as possible. 
And it has to be a mix of guys that are win now, but also, and this is why I like this Colin Sexton idea, guys with upside, younger players, players that you can build around and start to maybe even they can become bigger assets or, or bigger parts of other deals, but just positive, good players. That, so like that's guys what I'm looking for. don't depreciate? For. <laughs> Correct. Yes. That's a, you, you've said it much more succinctly than I did. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm in the the mode of just like yes, if there's this type of orca available who transcends, you go after him, and that's what the Heat are gonna do. We know that like if Dame is actually out there, if and when that happens, I'm sure they're gonna do everything they can to get past these obstacles that aren't necessarily obstacles. I know that's how they're thinking. Like uh, they said last night on five on the floor, but really it's just like I'm I'm already looking in the in in the mindset of just like. Lowry isn't a guarantee by any means, but I'm looking at it as like such a, a nice possibility that I'm looking at, okay, you can, what are the ways that you can get Lowry and then plug up other holes, even if you're not getting another, you know, really high level player, like some of the guys we've talked about, whether it's like an Ingram or McCullough, but not even those types of guys, just like filling out holes with lesser guys. I think that's a damn good team. And let's say like, you know, you look at it on paper, they're not as good as Brooklyn, but we just saw, even though Brooklyn was banged up, I, like I think they would have beaten the Bucks if they were healthy. I think they're not necessarily unbeatable. And let's say, like, they're probably gonna do stuff this offseason as well. But sure. I just think it's like you can't you can't have that mindset. Like, what's the, even the point of being in the league, right? And like you, this team was just in the finals last year. You think the front office, you know, the top guys, Spo, like the guys who were who were there for all of that, are not thinking we can be right back there and we can plug up some of these holes. So that's that's what I think is gonna end up happening. And I'm good with it, man. I think they they can be competitive as hell, uh, but just kind of the onus is on the front office and the onus is on the players because, you know, everybody has a bad taste after what happened at the end of the season. I think I think you guys are on the money. Um, I agree very much with what you said, Greg, in that they've got to scour the trade market and look in every single crevice, every single hole. You try to get, you know, your hands on the best player that's potentially available um but in looking at the free agent class i just haven't seen a ton that gets me excited as it pertains to the heat uh there are you know good rotational players available in free agency but um i just think it all lends itself to the heat being much more uh likely to be operating over the cap picking up the team options and then seeing what you can attach trade assets to those contracts and what kind of big name players or you know, high level rotational players at the very least that you can bring back because like I'm looking at the free agent list and like at the guards, I mean, outside of what? If you get Kyle Lowry, who are you looking at? Reggie Jackson, yeah. TJ McConnell, I like both players, but I mean, you're, you're, you're paying, you're giving them the full mid-level exception to get them to even consider uh, your team in free agency probably. So that yeah, puts you right. in a place where you're looking where you're looking at veteran minimums, biannual exception, things like that. And it's just the tier of player that you're looking at decreases. Um, so I think it's more likely, and I tweeted this earlier, that they try to address like the guard market, the, the guard rotation in the trade market more so. And then you scour the free agent market with your mid-level exception, your biannual exception, and a bunch of minimums uh, open. And you're giving those to the wings and the bigs because I think there is a good core of wing and big players on the market, but as far as the guards go, it's not very good. Harrison Barnes. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're totally on to something there. I think that uh, they're, they're going to operate above the cap. There's no doubt about that. So you talk about the mid-level exception. There's not a lot of guys that I would say, like, I feel comfortable giving multiple years at that full mid-level that's out there. Like, even TJ McConnell, as good as he plays, like, are we really giving him the full mid-level for three no. years? Like, that doesn't sound like a good investment. I don't know. Maybe I could be talked into it if Jimmy really loves it, but how much of this we're going to do it because Jimmy loves it? Uh, stuff are we going to really do so like to me I would think that they would actually look to split the mid-level between a couple guys and try to um, bring back maybe somebody who was on the roster like Dwayne Dedman or they take Andre Drummond and another guy because there's been reported interest there although I don't like that at all um, let me go on record as saying that the meditation whenever that name gets <laughs> right um, but so I think they'll split the mid-level um, where this gets dicey back to, to what you said earlier about the trade market is like, if you don't address this, the, the front court partner next to BAM, the scoring deficiencies and the point guard problem all via trade, I don't think there's a player good enough at the full mid-level to plug one of those three holes. And that's where the issue gets, you know particularly dicey it's a little bit too many holes for free agency let me let me if you guys don't mind let me throw out a few free agent names to you that i think might be around the mid-level exception type money so let's say around eight to nine and a half million per year you tell me who you feel comfortable giving that money to will barton Otto porter jr josh richardson tory craig doug mcdermott on the wings will barton i like four out of five Okay. With the, I don't remember who was the one I did. Like, oh and like in theory, I would absolutely throw that money at Will Barton. And like mm-hmm. Doug McDermott is like a guy I would like as a Duncan replacement, or even if you can get him like to split the mid level, make him, I'll, I'll have him come off the bench. Why not? We can take a little bit more shooting. But again, that's like something that you can do if you're also <laughs> plugging other holes with trades or whatever and with whoever you sign. So I just think like in theory, I would take some of these guys. I think Barton is a nice name. I like that name because you kind of get a little bit bigger in the backcourt too. I think he can play small ball three for a little bit. He attacks the basket. You know, he's not the in the prime of his career, but he's still a pretty good player for a team trying to win. So yeah. let's go ahead, go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Let me just mention this. In the event things do get really crazy this summer and like, let's just say Duncan and Hero are both gone and like we are devoid of three-point shooting – one, I want to I want to say that Max Struess has a role on this team next year. There's a role for Max Struess, but I could see them prioritizing shooting to the degree that a Doug McDermott could get a mid-level contract. Like if they had the right mix of guys and they just needed that shooter, that's going to create space. Anyway, he like seventy-five percent Duncan Robinson, eighty percent maybe. Yeah, kinda. Somewhere I mean, there. I'll take it. They they need as much shooting as they can, especially if Duncan dips or Wayne Ellington maybe. That's what I mean. Yep. All right, real quick, let's do the same exercise with the bigs. I've got Paul Millsap, Serge Ibaka, Nerlens Noel, Daniel Tice, Jermichael Green, Bobby Portis. Ibaka, no, yes, Green. yes, no, yes. You said those names too fast. I like, I like Jermichael Ibaka, Green. Green. Green and Portis, I probably would consider. But none of those, none of those names are making me say, like, yes, that was, mm-hmm. like, a move. Ibaka you guys Green. don't like Ibaka that much? I know I the injury concerns are a big thing. The injury. Ibaka yeah. Green, like, if, if if they evaluate that Ibaka will be back to decent shape, you know, early in the season, midseason, I still think it's worth it because at the end of the day, he's like a playoff-type guy for you. Hopefully. You don't think go opt-in? Does he have a player option? 
Uh, I can double check real quick. Yeah, that would be good information. I thought it would be a... Because if it's a player option, I would imagine he would protect himself and take that. He he got the MLE last year. He won't. Correct. That's what I... But I I could be wrong. I think Jermichael will be cool uh, cool too. Uh, Millsap, I think the, the, you know... We, we How about Markeith Morris? Huh? Do you guys like Markeith Morris? I'm not not at the mid not, not the full MLE. Like what if, if you're, you're splitting like mid level with, with Markeith and Trevor Ariza, I'm making this up. Like I'm totally just spitballing. Is Batum out there? Jeff Green. I take Jeff Green. Batum's out there, and I would absolutely take. I, I would for sure. Like, I would take Batum. I think him, Jeff Green, uh, Markeith. I kind of look at them all. Ariza, kind of in the same boat as like guys who are more or less on that same level, like fours that you, that you would want to have, like just like in your rotation. I want Ariza back personally. I know like, he he finished off the season ugly. I thought it just wasn't a great matchup. The whole team was out of sync, but I just think he's he's a good player. You know, just, so I'll take Ariza back cheap if he wants to. If he wants to come back on the cheap and. Like Marquise isn't a terrible idea, but you just got to do so much elsewhere where it's like yeah, you got to yeah. make sure you have everything else plugged yeah, in. Yeah, he's got to be like your tenth guy. I don't think he's in the playoff rotation. When I think of Marquise Morris, I think of how pissed I was during the bubble finals when Bam would not leave him because Marquise would just stay at the three point line. Bam was always guarding him, and I was I remember always bringing this up. Bam would not leave him. Yeah. You know, when when LeBron would get to a drive or when AD get a, you know something going into the paint. And he would just leave like you gotta stick to Markeith Morris. Shout out to Adrian in the comments. Ibaka is a player option. He will exercise. He always has. Adrian has all the information. Yeah, yeah he's got the player option for nine point four something million. He's staying um, in Los Angeles. Who are the yeah. Heat signing, Adrian? Right. <laughs> Give us all the information right. now, please. Um, Ariel, any other names that you have? Uh. As far as the guard rotate, as far as the guards go, I mentioned Dinwiddie, uh, Reggie Jackson, TJ McConnell. Uh, who did I skip out on? I mentioned Reggie Bullock. I don't know Reggie Bullock. I feel like is a guy Schroeder? sniper. I'm not in on Schroeder. I feel like he's going to command a little bit too much money. I think his idea Correct. of what he's worth is a little bit inflated, probably. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm not in on Schroeder. Yeah, for what, one, what I'm you- out on Schroeder and Dinwiddie for the Miami Heat. I'm oh hot take. They I don't like think Dinwiddie. Either of I, them fit. Let's talk about Dinwiddie because uh, Agad, I think your opinion is probably the more popular one. I don't agree with it, but really? a lot of people. Yes, I I find most of what I've a lot seen, of people would like Dinwiddie on the Heat. Most of what I've seen is people are generally against the Dinwiddie thing. You've got the injury concerns and what the cost of acquisition is there. That um, that's a big that, that that I understand that concern, but I guess if you get him at any level of a discount. And he plays at the level that he was playing before. And we've seen guys come back. Like this is not like where that injury debilitates you and you're done. Like it just doesn't happen that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. So if dude comes back and plays like all of a sudden you got an asset playing way above their contract value. So I've always liked that idea of, of Dinwiddie, but I know the concern. I seen his Instagram workouts, man. He he looks good. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously. Yeah, like if you can get them on a discount, like if you're not trading too much to get them, you're you're trading guys who who you don't necessarily look at as guys you have to keep. Like I don't think it's a bad idea. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, get Dinwiddie and don't go after Lowry. You know, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not implying. But even let's say the Lowry thing just doesn't work out, they don't get another guard. Even if they just come back with kind of the same rotation and Dinwiddie instead of none or something, I'd be like. 
Hey, you know, hey, it's not great. I'll be disappointed. I'll go on record as saying it's, 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 it's just a clunky, it's a clunky fit. And at the same time, like he's not someone that's going to make others better. I think he's going to be a six man in the sense that you need him to go get a bucket. If that's what you're bringing him in to do, exactly. then sure. But you're going to have that's to pay it. him more than six man bucket money. I just don't see a way in Miami where he would overplay the value of his contract. I think if he goes to the Lakers or somewhere else or like the Clippers stays with the Nets anywhere else, I think he can end up doing something like that. But with Miami, with Jimmy and Bam, I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to be closing for you reliably, and that's kind of where I want them to allocate so, money right now. Man, I, I'm gonna, I, yeah, my bad, my bad. I'm gonna. I just, I'm really interested because like we talk about uh, like Sexton too as an example, and like posing a, the idea that like maybe I kind of think of Sexton and Dinwiddie as similar guys when it comes to you know you don't want them as your best playmaker, you don't want them as your best scorer. They're certainly not your best defender, that's for sure. But I don't know. Like, I feel like on a team that has the infrastructure that the Heat do when it comes to Jimmy, Bam, and Spo, that you can make it work. But it's definitely not, like, one, you know, first option, second option. I just think it's, like, you know, better than nothing. But it is tough because it's, like, do you want to pay him more than the mid-level? I don't know. Do you want to give him 15, 16, 17 mil? I don't he know. He opted out of, like, I think, like, 13 mil this year, 12 or 13 mil. So he, he has to know that he's going to be getting – in You're the right. teens, and that's just a for with all that context. I don't think I'd pay him if it was the MLE. Yeah. I mean, what if he just wants the years? He's not taking the years at the MLE, especially yeah. coming off an injury. It doesn't it? Doesn't but I think we're we're underrating Spencer Dinwiddie a little bit. I don't think he's like an all star level player by any means, but uh, in his last healthy season, what was that two last year? I guess I believe he averaged something like 20 points per game, seven assists. These you know, the the, the percentages aren't phenomenal with him he's not the most efficient player but i think playing next to jimmy bam and you get him some spacers i think that changes things for him with a coach like that's eric three, that's three non-shooters though that's that's my I mean, problem you have I three non-shooters a, there yeah I, I wouldn't say he's a non-shooter i would say he's not a great shooter have you looked at his numbers mm-hmm. his numbers are just mentioned them <laughs> he's very close to jimmy butler-esque in terms of shooting threes. Yeah. So, I mean, can he hit the mid-range? It's sure. weird because I've, I've seen him be a good, like, pull-up shooter before, especially in the mid-range, like you just said. But mm-hmm. it's funny because I don't – like, you think of him as a non-shooter, and, and I know Ariel said, yeah, I'm kind of on that same boat, but you might be right. We could just be in denial. We were thinking of the old Dinwiddie. Talk about know. non-shooters. What do you guys think of Marcus Smart? I mean, him what and Jimmy man. Butler playing defense together would just be crazy to watch, but that team would score at 75 points a game, so – I'm I, with love, I love I'm Marcus with Smart for the Heat. You got to get something, you know, you got to help out your scoring elsewhere. And I know I feel like I keep saying that, but shit, man, I'm, I'm, the Heat cannot be too good for some of these guys, especially for yeah, a guy no, like for sure, Smart, for who sure. is so damn annoying. And like, he's, <laughs> he's annoyingly good on defense, right? And I just think he, he would be a great ad. I would man. love to watch Lowry and Smart play together with Jimmy and Bam. That would just be. Now, now we are cooking, cooking man. Yes, that, those that two, would be first team all defense, just five Miami hey, right Heavy duty. Absolutely I'm, no one would want to play the Heat ever. They would be the most irritating team to go up against night in, night out. Marcus can, Smart, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. Trade for Jay Crowder again. Guts. I do miss Jay, there? watching Jay. Even when he has bad games, I miss Jay. Me too. I, I'm – and I'm by glad the way, I didn't the, pay him, but still. The Western Conference Finals, the battle of the the two fours that the that the Heat wanted this summer between Crowder and, and Marcus Morris, who they were supposed to have, you know. But really, like, do you think – I'm sorry, I just completely lost my train of thought. You guys <laughs> – I was thinking about the Western Conference Finals thing. What were we just talking about? 
I don't know, but let me let me just cut to these two donos real quick. Uh, we got Christian Cardus. Would y'all trade Spo for Dame? Fight. Sure. If that's um, what it comes down to, I'd rather trade sure, Spo yeah. for Dame. Oh man. So, oh my God. <laughs> game's one on the court. I want to hear. I want to hear Greg's really answer before I respond. How old is Dame? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 30. Going on 31. Very soon. Now. I don't think I do. I remember what I was going to say. Could you keep Duncan Robinson in a Marcus Smart scenario? Probably, but you're probably yeah. you're probably looking at. Oh boy, would you put Tyler Hero in that deal? I would put Tyler before Duncan. Your four next to Bam is going to be like, like Markeith Morris. Semi Ozilly. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that would be the most. If that's be... Grant Williams, I'm I'm a Magic fan. So like, out of bio, Markeith Morris, Duncan Robinson, Marcus Smart, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. That's your that's your guys. If if Semi Ojale is the starting four, if he's a starting four on the Heat next year with Marcus Let's get Aaron Smart, Naismith. Hey, that'd be the most annoying team to play against. It'd also be the most annoying team for Heat fans too. Imagine coaching that team being Spo. Small How do you drop ball, an baby. offense? Jimmy got to yeah. be playing a whole lot of four all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not realistic. As I actually unpack the roster like but that. But really, can't you do that? And then just you know, it's it's kind of like budgeting, right? You can't get a great four, but some of these guys that we talked about before, right. like Ariza, Marquise, where are you going to lean satisfied? in? I like that team. I think that's what we're talking about when it comes to balancing out the roster. Ooh. I like that team. Greg, question. Um, I mean, yes, in a vacuum, I would, but also the way that Jimmy went in for this franchise, particularly like if you go back and I would, I would encourage Heat fans, particularly Heat fans like Ben, who's always here for every damn show to go back and watch Jimmy's intro presser when he got here, go back and watch that. Like just sit and watch it. ain't going to take long. Go back, go back and watch it. 
And when I, it's just hard for me to say then trade Jimmy. Like that yeah. just feels like some heartless shit that's not going to work out well for <laughs> us long term. That's the Danny um, H thing, right? Yeah, man. I don't know. These are the not. Two, this is not two K, and these are not robots. Thank so, you. Um, Shout out to Adam. Perception matters. Relationships around the leagues ma- around the league matters, right? Like if you move Jimmy after touting him as your guy and what he did for you in the finals last year, Thomas, right? It's, it's a bad look, yeah. and it, it puts totally. the heat. It puts the heat maybe right back where they were when they led to Wayne walk. That was uh, a, but they got Dame Kawhi and Bam. So I don't know. Fuck what uh, everybody else thinks. I'm uh, <laughs> young out for game four. He is. Uh, no, I young not out. Trade Jimmy, man. Can we, can we talk for a second about how, and I don't want to take anything away from the bucks. The reality is to get to the finals and especially to win a championship. You need a lot of things to break your way, but man, have they had a lot of things break their way. Yep. And like break their way all the way back to those trades that didn't happen that they wish they would have happened. And now they're still going to maybe get a path to the finals and they're going to pat themselves on the back as geniuses, but it's a lot of circumstantial luck kind of stuff, but that's what you need. Oh, six was like that for Miami. Isn't that the biggest proponent of it, but that's that's, how that's what just happened to Miami. Hey man, that Pistons team that they went up against that they had lost to in game seven, the year prior was better this year, that year in Oh six, they were like a 64 win team. He had no business winning that series on paper. Yeah. Yep. And isn't that just kind of what happens every year in the NBA? Really? Like it's kind of the best of the teams that were able to, not only just stay healthy, but are just, you know, fit well together. It's like Figure a lot of these teams Absolutely. end up not being separated by a lot other than matchups and just kind of whatever happens to happen in the series. You get what I'm saying? Like some guys just uh, tough it out and play through the injuries and execute better. And that's why like Chris Paul and the Suns are going to end up going to the finals. And I think they're going to beat the Bucks. But no, really what I'm talking about is just like, you it's know, made the playoffs the fun to watch. Win the title. Exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree. It's great for the, for the league, but. The Bucks or the Suns win the title, and you're gonna get all sorts of takes about, you know, like I, I was doing a, a tongue-in-cheek thing the other day with my friends. It's gonna be the third straight Asterix title. Oh yeah, like <laughs> Mike Greenberg like, is totally gonna go for this. This is this bad for the league? Oh, stop it. Let's no, talk about it for six that. and a half hours. I don't want to hear it. It's been no. great. Like obviously the injuries is is, is the, the the annoying stuff, right? But it's been at a higher rate than than normal. But really, if you if you're really gonna say that this is the third straight Asterix title. <laughs> doesn't that just mean that this is what happens every year that yes. you know, the injuries yes. just get ramped up and it's about luck and execution mm-hmm. and chemistry i feel like in matchups i don't know like all that playoff shit that we talk about this yeah. is why this is why i've been going to war with some of heat twitter over the last few days and that every time something's thrown out it's the response is met with well that team's not beating brooklyn that team's not going to the fi- wow. listen man you put the best team possible together you get them on the court and you roll the bleeping dice that is what that is how you win championships man like games aren't played on paper injuries happen uh the chemistry sometimes isn't perfect there's so many factors i hate that retort i hate it are you just not supposed to make the moves because on paper it doesn't make you the best team in the league no you make the moves and then you roll the dice you put the best team together and you go for it that's it you can tell we're all big Lowry guys. Listen, 100%. for years, he's for a good years, player. Everybody on every radio show, even like Ethan and Witty, which was a great show, they used to say, like, but is that gonna beat the Warriors? Is that gonna beat the Warriors? And it, it's I understand where that question comes from. I'm not taking a shot at them. I understand the logic and the thinking behind it. But then all of a sudden we woke up one day and the damn Warriors. 
that shit was over with. <laughs> so like you have to build to win now and you never know when you break through. And like the heat showed it in 2020, like they yep. could have broke through and gotten one right there. Like that stuff happens. I will go to my grave saying that the heat were winning that championship if they were healthy, man. Agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, five, two. Oh, five, two. <laughs> you got that's your all-in move pj tucker i do want to get to one dono here again is he a free uh, agent yeah but i i think do they have bird rights on him in milwaukee know, he's yeah. gonna stay in milwaukee really i would throw him right into that category give him I, i'll give me him over markeith give me him over of course, yeah oh that, for sure yeah. i would I'm love just it. not giving up a first to get pj tucker no but, no anyways, definitely not. uh corbs thank you for the donation dinwiddie is the way to go if we lose duncan or not get kyle I don't see Dinwiddie as a he doesn't replace replacement. That. Um, no, no, he doesn't. But I mean, he is a functional point guard, which is probably better than most of the guards that we had last year. So Dinwiddie will be the future Dragic. This is a good question, sure. though, and Starting we can go around quickly on it because I don't want to take the show too long. But we're having fun talking through this stuff. If they lost Duncan, who is the damn like like they need a marksman shooter with Jimmy and Bam as the two building blocks? Who the hell is it? Can I throw three names? Yep. <laughs> Okay, so the one we talked about him, Doug McDermott. Yeah. Two, uh, Max Strus. <laughs> you just have yep. to have a real. You have to have. Come a real, on, no, I want you, some. You don't want to rely names, on the sharpshooter. I think what you're doing is you're getting a collection of players who can actually create their own shot, and then you don't need to rely on a sharpshooter. Or three. KJ Redick. Uh, I was gonna say Malik Monk actually. Ooh, I like oh, that. Ross. is he? Is he in the market? Wow. I think Malik Monk is like low key. If you think of players that have a little bit of upside, aren't going to be that expensive. I mean, he'll be really cheap. Would you give him the mid level? Is that what he's looking for? I don't know what he's looking for. He's a restricted free agent. I think he's looking for anything he can get. But he shot forty percent on five attempts a game from three this year. I would take him easy. I mean, Wayne Ellington two point. Wayne Ellington with more upside. I'll take Kentucky. Do you? How do you guys feel about him on defense? How do we play here on defense? Who yeah, cares? No, I was going to say. Talking about shooting, Alex. Hey, true. <laughs> he can't create. I like I like the Malik Monk idea. Give me Malik and Wayne. He has, uh, what was I? I was looking at the numbers earlier. I think it's 56, maybe 57% of his uh, points are unassisted. Mm. So inside the arc, he's a uh, create-his-own shot guy. And then outside of the arc, obviously, he's a catch-and-shoot player. Shot like 41% on catch-and-shoot this year. How are you guys going to feel when it's Dinwiddie and Tim Hardaway Jr.? And no, Lowry. no, Tim Hardaway Jr. is just ty- a seasoned Tyler Hero. Hey, he wants to be 29. in Miami. Hey, hold on a second. I you like heard it. that. I wouldn't be upset. Yes. Listen to me. I'm telling you, he wants to be in Miami. It's just that I think that he'd have other priorities and, and the market will move quicker than they can get back to him. But they, uh, he would love to come to Miami. Eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not in on paying him what he wants though. Yeah. That, that's the thing. There's the cost to acquire there. But just to throw out a couple of uh, potential veteran minimum biannual exception type money guys uh, to replace Duncan's shooting, uh, Wayne Ellington, J.J. Redick, those have to be the two uh, the two guys. I think Tony Snell might be a free agent. He's not, you know, the movement <laughs> shooter for sure. But, hey, man, he shot – if I remember correctly, he shot phenomenally, like absurdly well from three this year. So that's another guy I would look at. running dribble handoffs for, for Tony Snell. Oh, he, at one point, like when we lost to them, I think that, that like Brandon Goodwin night where we lost to the Hawks G League team, uh, mm-hmm. Snell was shooting about 57% from three on at that point in the season. I don't know where he's at now, but – yeah. My thing is, I feel like they almost have to move. If Duncan leaves, they have to move on from this whole sharpshooting mold. Not that they don't have that type of player, but that can't be a big investment for the team. 
that like you have to have that's fair the catch it's and shoot though. ability sprinkled through a bunch of different players not exactly. just one guy because if you have let's say hypothetically you get kyle lowry colin sexton and then i mean if you want to put at the four uh kevin, kevin love. love let's like say kevin love oh man that's three guys who mitigate whatever you lost with duncan and add on to it offensively like that is something that i think the heat should look into because the, the offense was way too predictable last year and it's not an indictment on duncan um it's just the system that they were running was very very predictable and duncan himself has a predictable skill set so if they move on from him which whatever they want to do i'm fine with i think they should uh they should look into getting players that can actually do things for themselves duncan's value to the offense was what it was because a he is a supremely elite shooter for sure um but also because his skill set his skill set was so important because like you'd mentioned they didn't have that three level scorer and guys that can get to it off the bounce and move the defense in in you know on their own jimmy is the closest thing that he I had ended to up that. fucking them over because they got too reliant on it. One hundred percent, but star guys. But my, right, but my point is like they didn't really have a ton of other options. Like Goron wasn't For getting sure. downhill and making the defense collapse and moving the defense. Duncan is probably the only guy on the team this past season who moves defenses around, and yeah. so his value becomes it decreases when you add a three level scorer and some legit bucket getters. And with, with Victor Oladipo coming in um, for over that four-game span, uh, the Heat did move up in terms of drives, and they moved down in terms of handoffs for that time frame. So that's just four games. It's not uh, four games. The vision was there, y'all. The yeah. vision was there. We, the vision was definitely, like, definitely there. It barely happened. I mean, those last two where he was really starting to show those flashes, man, I was – That Laker for the mid-level. You know what it feels about? Who's giving Vic the mid-level here? Wait, What? Who's giving Vic Oladipo the mid-level here? No. Nope. I would like him back. I wouldn't mind him back. But just... I br- I, I, I'm, listen, I'd bring him back. And, you know, if you re- if you operate over the cap and retain his bird rights, like retain the cap hold, you can give him, uh, you know, whatever it is you want. But I wouldn't give him that kind of money. And I would definitely use the mid-level on an impact player, a rotational impact player that I can count on. So I have like, a couple questions. If the, if the mid-level exception is $10 million, would you pay him $10 million, even nope. if it's above the cap? So you're saying you – One year. Got it. Yeah, yeah one year, you know what? Million prove a deal. I would yeah, be in. I take it back. If it's if it's a one year type deal, yeah, I give him ten mil. Sure. Because you want to talk about players who can overperform on their contract. Let's say That's hypothetically, one. Victor Oladipo comes can. back, not not healthy like Indiana version. He comes mm-hmm. back and shows us what we saw in those last two games. Literally, that completely transforms the offense. That's a mid level so player. That's the player on the team that can I mean, overperform their contract, and it's at no risk to the Heat. It's a good point. I wish Jimmy Bye-bye. liked playing with him a little bit more. So oh, did I say that? Is my mic on? Whoops. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depot. Sure. I mean, we saw more pick and roll, like, between Vic and Bam. I was like, wow. Wow, they could do this? Somebody driving to the rim, Bam rolling as a lob threat? Wow, it's been so long. How about this? Uh, for in the Along the theme, like, you guys mentioned Sexton and Love is, like, an, like a combo trade idea to help. What about, uh, let's say that, again, the Lowry thing, right, happens, and they somehow – find a way to uh, trade for Harrison Barnes and one more guy there, whether it's like, let's say Duncan walks and it's buddy, but maybe Duncan doesn't walk. Oh, he I get somebody else idea. from there. What would you do? Like, are, are you guys in on something like that? Cause I, I, I still like the Barnes idea a lot. I think Barnes fits. You just need to get another big bodied. Like you need to get that four or five guy. That's a little bigger bodied to play alongside Bam and use him, use him as a chest piece. 
because Harrison Barnes is going to work if you downsize, but there's going to be situations in the Eastern Conference going against Embiid, going against the Bucks, and whatever, where you're you might have to play a little bit bigger. And I think. How do you guys feel about Jermichael Green there? Does he count? Is or is he? Yeah, that, that count yeah. Six, he fits the mold yeah. for me. That works. He for can me. do it. Okay. I love I love Jermichael Green, and I I just want to say, Gad, like you make a really good point in in that in certain scenarios. If you're projecting into the the Eastern Conference playoffs next year, the Heat are going to have to um, upsize to to match up with some of these teams. But again, man, we saw them get to the finals going small at the four and switching everything. I think that's oh, for the sure. But the, the one team that they played was a self-destructive offense in the Milwaukee Bucks. That was the one big team that they beat. Right. But that is, I mean, listen, Drew Holiday changes the equation for them for sure. But the fact that they're still assuming, you know, they don't replace Brooke Lopez with somebody, they're still going to be dropping predominantly when he's in the game. And you're going to be able to take advantage of that with pull-up shooting and just quicker, faster guys. Like it makes Brooke not unplayable, but it, it creates problems for them. I think my point was though, that I think Eric Spolster prefers to play that way. I think them oh, wanting sure. to go bigger is a Pat Riley thing from what yeah. I, from what I gather from you guys' reports yeah. and, and all of it, that stuff. It, it, it comes down to this. Riley's <laughs> like, play however you want to play, play whoever you want to play. I don't want to get involved in that decision-making, but next year there's going to be a human being on the roster that if you have to get 10 rebounds tonight, you're going to be able to put him in the game and get 10 rebounds. That, that sounds guy. like Andre that's beautiful. Give no, me Boogie no. over Andre. Like that, that's essentially what it is. It's like Riley wants to know in good conscience that he there's a guy on the roster capable of getting double-digit boards and that that is on the roster and, you know, be damned. It's already fit. there, man. Yeah, yeah I agree with that, though, because you, baby. you have to be able – you have to be versatile in your approach. You can't pigeonhole yourself into this one thing. 100%. And if for some reason the I one thing that. does not work – you have to be able to pivot, even if it's not an upgrade of a pivot. You're probably putting worse talent on the floor, but you have to be able to adjust because if you're able to do that, then you can make adjustments. Spo couldn't make any adjustments in this series against the Bucks because there literally was not personnel. I mean, he was playing Trevor Reza on Giannis. You're right. He's going to lose that 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. And and to that point, actually, I mean, we're seeing it with the Bucks this year in their run, right? Like they, if they need to play big, they put Brook Lopez in the game. They drop everything and they dominate the paint. If they need to get smaller and switch everything, they put PJ Tucker in for him and they're able to be malleable in that sense. So you're right. I do agree. You do that's, need to have versatility for that's sure. That's what you need. Listen, the Hawks are going that way too. That's why they drafted Okongwu. They have Capella. They have Collins. They're going to play Okongwu. And he's even given them good minutes and he's just a rookie. Like you get these kinds of guys that are defensive cheat codes like Bam, Giannis, uh, soon to be Okongwu. They make a difference, but you also need someone that can help in that sense of rebounding when other teams are different in that approach. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like they have to nail it. They have to nail it this summer. Right. And yes. like I've been saying it this whole time. Like, why do we, why do we got to argue about whether or not they downsize or play big? Like you can't just get like one of each and just try out different things when the <laughs> matchups. Imagine having themselves. options. What is that? Yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. Like, yeah. Yeah, we want to bring but on. But Deadman like showed that, like, he plugged some of that late in the season. Like, it was a breath Shoot. of fresh air to yeah. see that guy come in and grab 11 rebounds on straight energy. Like, they need some I of would that. Rather just, there wasn't an, F, an, an an attempt to get Deadman into the game. I think right. he would have been able to make a difference, at least in that Soon regard. Enough. Does he overcompensate in other areas and kind of lose a little bit of things, like some athleticism and whatnot or yeah. people moving? But <laughs> I'm, I'm He's cool better than Drummond. He yeah, is, but for sure. I think, I think sure. he could theoretically spot up like not every possession either, obviously. Right. But 
But well, we're talking about overplaying your contracts, right? And the defense, lo- the hey, the defense is fine with with Dwayne Dedman finishing possessions, shooting threes. I think uh, the type of player that Gad is is pointing to has to be a player that Spo is comfortable playing with Bam. Like that is really the most important thing. It can't just be somebody who's coming in for 12 minutes a game to help you out in the paint. Like it needs to be, if you need to pivot and change the way you play and upsize, it needs to be somebody that you can play for 25, 30, 35 minutes next to Bam. Bam just has to hit corner threes. And then we can, this is all solved, y'all. Yeah. Get a downsize four and then get somebody. And I know I keep saying his name, but he just, it fits perfectly. I don't know what else to say. It's it's Jermichael Green or or Ibaka, if if his health can somehow get back to normal. Like those two guys are right there. And I know both of those guys can play next to Bam. And I know Spo would be open to it because we saw him, you know, give Deadman a chance. And I know he didn't really give him a chance next to Bam much. But I just think if he has a a big who shot that he can believe in as a spot-up guy, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's a good move, man. Get a little bit of both. Switch up your style. A guy that I've been on for quite a while, honestly. Um, Rudy? Yes. <laughs> you get, so I don't, I don't hate the Rudy get, idea. You get Rudy Gay. You get Jamichael Green. Those are your front court investments because you don't need to spend too much. I think the front court is more replaceable than a lot of people think. So when like you have a split like the band. mid-level, you're saying? Something like that. If you split I the mid-level, that. give one mid-level, give one biannual. I don't know how it would work. I'll let Andy figure that stuff out. I don't have enough time. Um, yeah. but Boogie, by the way, for Christian. <laughs> um, you get those guys, you spend on Lowry, and then you still have Hero, Precious, KZ, and whatever pick you want to unprotect to make another sizable upgrade in the guard department. And mm-hmm. then you have a team that actually makes sense. You have that versatility. You have the ability to, to bring a solid eight to nine guys that can compete with anybody else's eight to nine. Are they going to win? I don't know. But I will always say this. Get Jimmy Butler in a dogfight, and I'll, I'll take my chances. I'll, I'll see what happens. Obviously, it didn't work out this year, but just get Wasn't get those eight to nine guys that can fit different styles of play. You don't need to be this one style team and try to live or die by whatever it is that you want to do. Preach. Have a versatile approach and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really great, great spot to end, y'all. <laughs> what, well, I, I mean, think I've seen the worst question of the night. Would you take back Myers for the minimum? No. No. Never. <laughs> the minimum is overpaying him. My mood. I got hyped speaking, and now I heard that name and nothing. <laughs> Most overpaid player at the minimum. Okay, so now we can't end there because it got sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could cut it off before. So, so let's talk about the NBA playoffs because we are virtually like what a week away from having the NBA finals set. Yep. Um, hypothetically, I think it's going to be the Suns and the Bucks, unless you guys see one of these teams making a comeback. I mean, the Clippers could. I don't really see it happening though. So. I was thinking. I mean, do, do any of you guys see the Clippers or the Hawks pulling off comeback? No. Trey's health is a is the the thing that swings it. If he can come back right away, but maybe, but no, I think the Suns are getting there. But I don't know because you know what? Let me shut up, man. Let me shut up. I've seen what happens with Chris Paul before. As much as I love him, not that it's his <laughs> fault, but it's happened. So let me shut up. I'm not. I'm. You know, the Western Conference Finals are still open. I don't. I'm not picking a team yet because Phoenix, Milwaukee. I'll go on record as saying I think that that's the finals, and I think Phoenix wins. I think that they are going to be more explosive, and that um, that Devin Booker, who's had a, a few tough shooting games in this Clippers series and stuff like that, that like that's going to change in a series against Milwaukee. Um, I don't know. I, I like I like that matchup for for Phoenix. Me too. Me so, too. Two drop I, killers. I've been on I've been on the Suns since since the playoffs started. 
Um, but as far as that series goes, I will play devil's advocate here and just get to, first of all, I mean, blowing that game at home in game five, you needed that one. Like that was your sure. probably your best opportunity to close out the series because now you've got to go on the road and win a game in, in uh, LA where they're feeling good, man. Like that was a huge win for them. And I will add that I saw today on Twitter that Kawhi Leonard and Ivica Zubac are game time decisions for tomorrow. I don't know if that means anything, but they were listed as game time decisions last I saw. Drug test them so immediately if they play. <laughs> he goes from the, from sitting in like the the <laughs> the stands, chilling you, with his family, could going you crazy. Imagine? Could you imagine? going crazy? That was that was one of Mike. That was Mike Green, right? Yeah, yeah. one yeah. of his best calls. That man is he's yeah, he's a goat. He's elite. Yeah, he really, I really, really hope is. we see Kawhi play. Like that would be awesome. Like oh, that, that would be fantastic. If the Clippers somehow do get through this series and he comes back in the finals, and then they were to beat Giannis and Kawhi gets another ring, it would be a weird way for him to accomplish that. But man, like that's a huge thing if they if they get that far. Paul Paul George shut a lot of people up last night. I want the Suns to win. I don't hate that that scenario. Like I don't have nothing against Kawhi and PG. The, the, you know the other guys on that team are stepping up. It's kind of cool. Right, you know they're like the Ty Lue. I forgot who said this. Somebody said Ty Lue is the anti Doc, uh, and I think it's just it just keeps popping up in my head every time. And you know Paul George has been playing pretty well, but something tells me it's just going to be a little bit underwhelming. It's going to be Game Six in L.A., and the Clippers are going to do the Clippers thing. Paul George may not finish the game well. I mean, let's say he plays three quarters well, but you know the fourth quarter doesn't go well. All of the the jokes are going to come back, and. <laughs> It's just the Clippers curse, but who knows? I will say this in defense of Paul George, who I'm not a particularly big fan of. I don't think he scored under uh, 20 points, uh, 20 points in any of the games in these playoffs so far. So he's really, he's really showed up. Um, But uh, on paper, the Suns are the much better team, right? They have uh, considering the injuries, of course, um, they have no holes on the roster. They're tremendously balanced. They're malleable. They can play different styles. They can play fast. They can play slow. They can go inside. They have bucket getters at all three levels. Um, I do see them going to the finals. I think the Bucks get there. Trey Young being out for game four, I think is probably a death sentence. And uh, I think that series is probably going to be over after tonight. And I think the Suns win the finals. I'm with Alex. I think, I just think they have a little bit more for whatever reason, they feel like the team of destiny to me. So you Aiden all three really have good, y'all. Damn, Aiden is good. Aiden is one hell of a player. Isn't yeah, he shooting man. like 70%? Like um, it's like the highest yeah. percentage ever. Yeah. I, I think he has the end. I mean, we hardly ever want to credit them, but they said he could miss his next 20 shots and he still would have the highest field goal percentage in NBA history in the playoffs. Wow, he passed Birdman. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Nuts. And his volume, you know, that's huge. Is the Bucks size going to mitigate Aiden at all? I'm not, you know, trying to talk oh, shit at all. Alex, I'm just you posing stole the my points. I didn't get really? my finals pick yet. No I think way. the Bucks win the series. I, I think, think the they're not going to know what to do with Aiden. That's I mean, I think it's one fair. of the problems. The Bucks should be able to win. Like they should be the favorites in that series, even though I'm yeah. picking the Sun. I think Aiden against Brooke Lopez. Aiden probably gets those rebounds, but the problem is the Bucks as a team. When they rebound as a team, we saw it in round one. They're just Big. ruthless. Like Giannis is a hack on the rebounds. And you have Drew, who's a good rebounding guard, or at least good at boxing out. Chris Middleton. They're big uh, everywhere. And they're playing crouching they're starting the board. Right? Yeah. Like they yeah. everybody is fundamentally sound when the ball hits the rim. And that's something that I think is uh will play a factor in that series against Phoenix. And I think after seeing what Pat Bev has been able to do with uh Devin Booker, not completely shut him down because Booker still had great games. 
but he's been able to turn him more into a volume scorer as opposed to an efficient guy. That's and the blueprint. I think Drew Holiday is better suited than anybody in the NBA to do that. So I think it's going to be one hell of a matchup. But but then what do you do with Chris Paul? I mean, listen, Chris Paul is going to cook, honestly, regardless of who you put on him. You, if gonna he's going to take those shots that analytics hate. And if Chris Paul makes them, congratulations on your first championship, Chris Paul. But, I mean. Quick, quick, quick counterpoint here, though. Um, the Bucks give up a ton of threes, and they and the Suns have three point shooters at literally every spot on the this floor. This is true. So this is true. That's one area where they can oh, take advantage. Man. Jay Crowder's on the on the Jay Crowder's on the winning the title. Jay Crowder's on the Suns. <laughs> hey, you it's remember over. what he did to the Bucks last year? It's over. Keep that, keep that in mind. It's true. It's true. I think it's going to be one hell of a series. Honestly, like after mm-hmm. all the things that have happened, it looks like we're going to get fingers crossed two healthy teams in the finals, and it. Yeah. It's a matchup that, I mean, it, it's hard to predict. Like the Suns, I guess, stylistically might have a bit of an advantage on the Bucs. Um, it's tough to pick a Budenholzer coach team because he's probably going to tank at least two games in that series just by default. But I think the Bucs are going to be able to pull it out. I'm fine with either one, though. I don't care if the Bucs win or the Suns win. I'd like to see CP3 get one. Um, I, I would like to see Giannis get one as well. So, Yeah. I like a lot of those guys, even though I'm still petty and was rooting against them when they were playing Brooklyn. It's because I, I, I felt like I couldn't root for the team that just did that to my team. I felt like it was, I just couldn't do it. I, I feel like I've gotten over a little bit now. But I just think this matchup is great. And, you know, not to do the whole great for the league thing, bad for the league thing, because I don't, I don't necessarily like those conversations. But I do think it's good because it's kind of a different type of finals. It's two teams. You don't see in the finals. Literally, you never see in the finals. But it's two teams you, you want to watch, though. It's not like – I think it would have been kind of ugly if it was like the Jazz, for example, right? Where, like, not a lot like – Jazz two. Hawks. Yeah, like oh. Jazz Hawks or even, like, <laughs> Jazz Sixers. I don't know, man. That's that's terrible. But, like, with the Suns, you get Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I mean, Aiden's balling, too. But those two guys by themselves, it's like it's, it makes it worth watching. The Bucks. obviously, you've got Giannis, who's a – damn freak and who's dominant and kind of the closest thing we have effectively to Shaq in this in the modern league and just I think it's a really good matchup and it's too you know kind of shut up the conversation about oh it's always kind of the same teams over and over again mm-hmm. I think it's good man I think it's great for the league and I'm, I want to see that matchup really bad I think oh Errol I thought you were going to make a point there I thought you were frozen. I was going to. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. That's all you. No, I mean, I was going to pull. I don't even know where I was going. I was going to have to come up with something because you were frozen, my guy. Um, but I'm excited. Look, I just if that's a finals we get, I think it's probably I want to say, I, look, before this, before Anthony Davis, LeBron James, you know, all that stuff happened in the first round. I had the Suns on here winning that series regardless. Take I, your victory you, lap. You deserve it. I genuinely believe that they are one of the more even still underrated teams uh, in the NBA. Like they, again, have no weaknesses. I just think down the stretch of games, because I think in a potential Bucks sun series, you get a bunch of close games, right? Because they're both very good teams. I think they're similarly matched in terms of, of how good they are. I just trust Chris Paul and Devin Booker down the stretch a little bit more than I do Giannis, um, Chris and Andrew. And that's where I think it. That's where I. That's where I think the series is decided. How about campaign for the mid level? Oh man, yes. I'm glad you brought him up. I like sneaking this in here. I'm up against the clock. I got a hard out here in one minute. Campaign Uh, and Victor Oladipo is my backup backcourt. 
I have no idea. Oh. I can't answer. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Um, but we are wrapping up here. Alex, thank you. Greg, thank you. Ariel, thank you. Marco, I hope work is going great. Manny, the ones and twos in the background, thank you very much. We'll be back next week at some point, probably doing an actual X's and O's finals preview. But thank you in the comments, everybody. And y'all have a good night. Play the video, Manny. to the five on the floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.